Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to issue 6 of Comic Book Tales. Uh, the title says it all, Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. So today we're talking about Thor, the uh, Asgardian demigod, uh, son of Odin, or Thor Odin's son. Uh, let's get right into it and get started. So Thor, as we know him, the blonde hair, uh, blue-eyed Norse god, uh, first appeared in Journey into Mystery number 83 in August 1962. He was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, and the link is in the show notes as to get more information about that. Created is a confusing word. Thor, the Asgardian god, was around, obviously, Norse god long before uh, Stan Lee came along. So uh, he was reimagined for a Marvel comic. Uh, he Stan was trying to come up with something that was uh, more powerful than the Hulk, and not human seemed to fit the bill, and the Roman gods and the Greek gods were well-known in mythology, but the Norse gods hadn't really been explored. So um, he came up with Thor, uh, god of thunder. Um, his, his ongoing series kicked off with a journey into mystery, which became the mighty Thor with issue number 126 in March 1966. Much like Iron Man um, came from Tales of, of Suspense, uh, or sorry, Captain America came from Tales of Suspense and things like that. It, it just really, they didn't have their own book. It was a, a one-off, and it was popular. So it became its own own issue um, in March 1966. Now, I have talked about Thor Odinson as Thor, uh, but he hasn't been the only one to ever hold uh, Mjolnir, Mjolnir his uh, hammer. And I believe that's how you pronounce it, Mjolnir. Um, Thor Odin's son has been sent to Earth as Donald Blake, a physician, and as Eric Masterson uh, to wield the hammer. And Eric went by uh, Thunderstrike when he held the held the hammer. Uh, there was also an alien named Beta Ray Bill. And there's currently an unnamed female, the all-new, all-female Thor, um, recently was uh, put out to the, the Marvel Comics, and we don't know her name yet. So it's an unnamed female at this point. Uh, there was one other person to hold the, the hammer. I didn't put her in here. And there was a DC Marvel crossover where Wonder Woman actually picked up the hammer and was able to hold the hammer. Um, but we're sticking to the Marvel Universe, so we'll do that. Uh, a jumping off point for Thor. There, there's no one story arc uh, like we've talked about with other things that, that says, yes, you need to start here because this is the place. Um, to uh, to get Thor, but there was uh, while Stanley created Thor, uh, Jack Kirby penciled him for many years. The Walt Simonson years were really when Thor became came into his own, where the stories became more expansive, um, less petty, and just it just outside of our world. Uh, and I put the link in there for the Walt Simonson years volume one. There's three volumes there. Walt Simonson really made Thor who he is. Uh, in our pantheon of, of Marvel characters. So uh, take a look for that. You can click on the link in the show notes or uh, go to Amazon and search for Thor, the Walt Simonson years, and you will find a number of uh, places to start off there. 
Top villain for Thor. This is an easy one. This is Loki. Loki is his half-brother. If you've seen the movies, you already know this. Uh, if you haven't, you've read the comics, you know that Thor has a complicated complicated relationship with Loki. Um, to call them half-brothers, it's more of an adopted half-brother. It's, it's very complicated. <laughs> uh, and if you read anything, you know that Loki is very jealous of Thor, and Thor seems to not recognize when he's rubbing Loki's face in it. It really is... It's a little disheartening to feel that they, he never gets it. Uh, Loki first appeared in Venus number six in, number six in August 1949. Now, you'll notice that <laughs> Thor didn't appear until August 1962. So he was just there. He was in the, in the background in Venus number six, August 1949. He came into the Marvel Universe in Journey into Mystery number 85 in October 1962. Also created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, we've talked about this before. Larry Lieber is the brother of Stan Lee. Uh, he also created Thor. Uh, are the movies like the comics? Well, in, a, in many ways, yes. Uh, the power structure is the same. The um, Asgardian gods are the same. Asgard functions in a very similar fashion. Uh, the origin of how Thor came to Earth... Not exactly from the first movie. Uh, Jane Foster's definitely got a different role uh, in these two movies so far. Um, in the in the comics, she was a nurse uh, who fell in love with Don Blake, her the doctor. She not knowing he was Thor, and he fell in love with her. You know, the mortal uh, attachment. Uh, Odin was very angry about that. You saw a little bit of that in the first movie, but not really. Uh, it was more about him coming to Earth and being attracted to Earth. This is something, get into why I like him. This is something that's ongoing with Thor. He has this, to the Asgardians, what appears to be unnatural attraction to Midgard or Earth, as they claim it. And it doesn't make sense that he will put the, the fate of Midgard above that of Asgard at times and anger Odin, his father. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense to Odin why he would bother with these peasants, these fleas, these insignificant mortals uh, when Asgard is in trouble. And Odin often calls on Thor as his right-hand man because he is. He's, he's, he's the most second most powerful god in Asgard, and when Nina is a warrior, he calls on Thor. Um, and Thor doesn't always come running when Daddy calls. So he is a source of constant conflict between him and his father, where his mother has to step in at times and kind of ameliorate the situation. Uh, so let's get into it. He's, he's loyal to a fault, and he always looks forward and relishes the battle in the way the Norse gods look forward to battle, meaning if, they, if they've died in battle, they knew they were going to Valhalla. Um, Norse um, Vikings felt the same way. If I die in battle, I'm going to Valhalla. If I die, you know... You know, farming accident, then you know all bets are off. It's really the glory of battle. They're they're not afraid of battle. They're not afraid to die. Uh, although as gods, it seems like misconception that they could die, but they do. Um, they go to the underworld, and it's a very convoluted mentality. But they're they're just into this. I have to fight. Fighting is the end all and be all of things. Um, to his way of upbringing, to die in battle is the surest path to Valhalla. So that's what he thinks about. He's never going to be a part of Mensa, as I mentioned here. He's not your thinking man. He's not, 
He's not strategizing. Captain America strategizes. Uh, other characters in the Marvel Universe can strategize. He's a uh, he's not quite the Hulk in just brainless, mindless, but he's not too far off of that. He's just not that bright when it comes to book knowledge or when it comes to understanding how to do things. His first, he sees everything as a nail because he's got literally the hammer and he brings it down on top of everything. It's to to beat things down. So he's not going to suss out a lot of details. Um, he's not a great detective. Um, things like that. He's open to strategy from those he respects. He, he respects Captain America, so we will listen to him. There's issues in the Avengers where he didn't respect the leader of the Avengers at the time uh, and was mistrustful of their ability to lead and was less likely to follow the orders he was given, even though they came from somebody superior to him in a hierarchy of the Avengers. Um, he is he's not the, the person you go to for... Um, counseling and advice because he really doesn't have a lot of that. He just lives to enjoy life. Um, he's kind of one-dimensional in the Marvel Universe in that he really doesn't a lot of depth to him. Uh, there's some stories that I think are, are interesting, um, but I don't know that he's the end-all and be-all of, of what you're expecting from a, from a character. Uh, and I know it sounds a lot like I don't really like him, but he, I do. He will defend his friends and the Earth or Midgard to his dying breath. He will not give up. He never gives up because he always knows that he can overcome if he just keeps pursuing the end. Um, he is fallible like every other character, uh, but he's the dumb brother we all wish we had when we're in a fight. He's the guy you want on your side when you go into battle because you know you can count on him. He's not going to falter. He's not going to run away. He's not going to collapse. He's going to come back. Even if he gets blown out of the scene, he'll be back. You just give him time, he'll be back. Um, he makes tough situations just a little bit less scary because of his confidence that he's always going to overcome something. Now, when we get into the comics themselves, and this is a failing, I find, in almost all the single-character comics in the Marvel Universe, uh, probably in the DC Universe as well, that the adventures are surface. I mean, we're not talking about... With Thor, you're talking about more expansive universe in which to travel, uh, time periods, um, places, planets. But in the reality, they're still very surface. Like I said, he's not a great detective. He's not. There's no mystery he's solving. I mean, he might have been in journey into mystery, but he's not solving any mysteries. He's just that's not who he is. Um, he can pick up on basic things. He can work to overcome. But it's more his his villain set is more on a power base than on a thinking base. The so Loki could defeat him if Loki would just try to outthink him instead of trying to go toe to toe with him sometimes. Um, and that's how when Loki does beat him, it's always when he tricks him because Thor is not not bright enough to not fall for the trick. Uh, Loki is the trickster, but you know some of these are pretty pretty open that you you should be able to figure out that's a trick, that's a trap. Uh, and, and Thor just doesn't do that. So, yes, he's he's the lovable lug that's on the team. Uh, he's been a mainstay of the Avengers for many, many years. But he, by, by himself, not awesome. There was a reboot in 2012 of the Thor book, and I liked it because it explored some things about his past that weren't all about hitting things and, and being the... the 
Thor of Asgard. It was really looking into his past, his present, and his future. And I think it was a good uh, reboot called The Mighty Thor. Um, but he really isn't um, as interesting as you like. Like I said in the beginning, there is a, now a female Thor. It's first time ever. Um, and we don't know who she is. She's going to become part of the Avengers in May. So look for that. She's got her own book going on. It's been going on for a couple of months now. Uh, you can check it out. It's actually uh, outselling previous versions of Thor. So it might be something people were looking for, a change. And this is the change and the mystery around it really makes it interesting. So that's Thor in a nutshell. There is things to explore. Um, and when we get to grouping, you'll just see some better things about him. Individually, not awesome. But it's worth having a backstory for him to maybe understand what we're dealing with and uh, how he can better fit into the Marvel Universe. Uh, the movies are interesting. They do have some plot line, which is great. Uh, and they're not just about hitting things completely. So there's some, some fun there. But take a listen. Uh, read up on the Walt Simonson years if you're interested in further in Thor. And I'll talk to you next time. I'm Chad. Bye-bye. <laughs>